You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi, and welcome to our monthly podcast covering the latest releases of the AIB-sponsored Irish Manufacturing and Services PMIs. I'm Paul Ward from our Treasury Unit, and joining me today is AIB's Chief Economist, Oliver Mangan. In addition, we will also take a look at AIB's latest Manufacturing Outlook report from our sectors team, but first, let me kick off with the latest PMIs. Ollie, the Manufacturing PMI posted 50.7 in October, which was up from 48.7 in September, and it signals the first improvement in Irish manufacturing business conditions since May. Can you bring us through the latest reading, please? Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, it's the best reading actually we've had since April. We've had a string of weak um, readings over the summer months, and this signaled uh, a rise or expansion output uh, in the manufacturing sector, which is very welcome. Uh, on top of that, you know, most of the subcomponents of the survey also improved. Um, we saw rising levels of output. We saw rising levels of new orders. Now, I would stress, I mean, we're still at subdued levels of growth, but it's, it's a welcome change from the figures we've seen uh, right through the summer, signaling a contraction in, in the manufacturing sector. So a marginal increase in output, a pickup in the last month, and in the context of what was going on in the UK and Brexit, that's certainly welcome. And Ollie, you mentioned Brexit there. So, so Brexit has been front and centre in the minds and actions of many Irish businesses in recent months. Uh, did you find much evidence of this within the survey? Yeah, the respondents noted in particular a weakness out of the UK in terms of new orders. I mean, new export orders in this continue to decline. And what was signalled out was the weakness of UK orders in particular. And then when you look at other components of the survey, we saw a rise in stock building of uh, finished products, again associated with uncertainty around Brexit, and in particular uh, an increase in the purchases of inputs of raw materials because firms were uh, concerned there could be disruption to supplies. Remember, we were talking about the possibility of a, an exit at the end of October, a possible disorderly exit. So that was weighing on uh, sentiment in the sector also, and it was also leading to stockpiling, both of inputs and outputs. Okay, moving across the economy, today AAB has released the Irish Services PMI and this posted a reading of 50.6 in October, a fall from 53.1 in September. It would seem like a disappointing figure, Ollie. How would you assess this reading? Yeah, it is a weak figure. Um, this sector has been weakening in recent months. Now, 50.6 is still, still signalling output, but marginal growth in business activity. Um, the index has declined for the last five months, which means that the pace of expansion is still expanding, but the pace of expansion has slowed right through the summer. And 50.6 is lower now than we would have expected. I mean, if you look at the eurozone, the level was higher. Uh, it was around 51.7, I think, in the month. Uh, and uh, it, the service sector is a big part of the economy. So this does, sh- I suppose, show a, a soft spot in the economy, particularly in the services sector. And in terms of the components, you know, um, I think the, the components would suggest that the headline figure may be overstating the weakness. When you look at things like employment, employment growth actually picked up to its best level in a number of months. Uh, we saw an improvement in orders. So the headline figure might be overstating the weakness when you look at the subcomponents of the index. Okay. Uh, one final question for you, Ollie, if you don't mind. What do the PMIs collectively tell us about the state of the Irish economy at the moment? Well, I think you've got to view these in an international context. What we've had is a marked slowdown in global growth uh, this year, contraction of manufacturing activity globally, and slowing services sector. And as an open economy, we're going to be impacted by that. So what it suggests is, I think, is a slowdown in the pace of growth, probably a soft spot for the economy, and overlaying the 
Irish figures are the ongoing uh, uncertainty around Brexit. Now, I know we've had an extension since then to the 31st of January. We've had a, a deal agreed, but yet to be ratified by the UK. We're facing a UK election result. But the, 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 the combination of a slowdown globally in economic activity and ongoing Brexit uncertainty is certainly weighing on activity in the Irish economy. So the economy is still growing, but certainly not as strong as it was earlier on in the year or in recent years. Okay. Thanks, Ollie, for that. Now... I want to take the opportunity to bring a sharper focus on Irish manufacturing. I'm delighted to be joined by Elaine Dunn, AIB's Sector Specialist for Manufacturing, and Michal Cassidy, Co-Founder and CTO of Irish Manufacturing Research, to discuss AIB's latest manufacturing sector report. Morning to you both. Morning, Paul. How are you? Hi, Paul. Elaine, if I can start with yourself, AIB's Manufacturing Outlook October report outlines how the landscape for Irish manufacturing is changing and companies that invest in R&D would be best positioned to develop, grow and embrace the opportunities that lie ahead. Is this true? Yes, Paul, that's absolutely true. Ireland's manufacturing reputation is really strong globally. But to maintain this, manufacturers do need to continue to ensure that innovation forms part of their key business strategy. To do this, as outlined in our report, which is attached to this podcast for the listeners, research and development is key. However, we are lagging behind our European counterparts in this regard. What do you mean by that? Well, R&D is recognised as a pathway for companies to grow. And for example, Irish R&D spend in 2017 was 1% of GDP versus the EU average of 2.7%. However, we are seeing in AIB a positive correlation between manufacturers that conduct R&D and have a strong innovation culture and their ability to scale, grow into new markets globally. In other words, manufacturers that do have an innovative culture are reaping the financial benefits and are performing well. We are seeing this across many subsectors. These would include medtech, aerospace, waste and agriculture. These companies are embracing emerging technologies that form uh, Industry 4.0, so it was really timely that we collaborated with the Irish Manufacturing Research on this outlook. Michal, maybe a good time to bring you in. Elaine referred to Industry 4.0. What's that about? Industry 4.0 is very much around the idea of cyber-physical systems, so this convergence of the digital and physical world. So we're seeing a a lot of key enabling technologies, a basket of technologies from sensorization, the Internet of Things, cloud analytics and AI and machine learning. And these are supporting the key role of data and digital technologies in driving new business performance and, in fact, completely new business models. We also frequently see a group of complementary technologies such as 3D printing, advanced robotics and augmented and virtual reality, which collectively are changing the rules of the game with respect to how industry interacts with their customer, with the environment and the nature of work in manufacturing in general through complex human-machine interaction. And Michal, I can see you've identified four thematic pillars. Can you bring us through them briefly, please? Yeah, so those technologies I've mentioned are enablers to help drive transformation, but business is looking for solutions. So the thematic pillars are a way for us to translate these multifaceted technological improvements into a way that aligns with delivering tangible solutions for industry transformation. So one pillar is digitization using data to drive better and faster decision-making and to enable new revenue-generating services. A second is automation and control, particularly in the area of flexible, adaptable automation and robotics. Third theme is design for manufacturing. So this is the 
end-to-end design cycle to help companies design and produce novel products using some of these advanced digital tool sets and technologies such as 3D printing. And a fourth is sustainable manufacturing, and this is very much helping industry to take a leadership role in creating a low-carbon economy. Thanks, Michal. That's very insightful. Elaine, just back to you finally. Just I want to get your final thoughts in relation to the latest manufacturing report. Yeah, look, what I'd say here is AIB is a positive view of the manufacturing sector and the bank is committed to continue to support this key sector of the Irish economy. We would encourage our business listeners listening today to consider the report and perhaps if they do need support, contact Irish Manufacturing Research. And also if there's businesses that are considering finance and innovation, please do not hesitate to contact AIB's business banking teams across the country. Thank you, Paul. Okay, thanks, Elaine. Firstly, I want to thank all our guests for joining us on this podcast. Oliver Mangan, our Chief Economist, Elaine Dunn, AAB's Sector Specialist for Manufacturing, and Michal Cassidy, the Co-Founder and CTO of Irish Manufacturing Research. And thank you to all our customers and listeners for joining us today. Stay close to all the latest podcasts by pressing the subscribe button on AIB Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.